You're listening to Movies for Decades. Welcome to Movies for Decades, the podcast where we normally watch one movie per decade, starting in this our current season, 1922, and ending supposedly in 2022. We're a little off track. We're a little off schedule. And this is not a normal episode. We are doing a special episode on the Oscars from... Okay, what do you call the Oscars? Are these the 2022 Oscars or the 2023 Oscars? I think these are the 2022 Oscars. Okay, it's the 20... It's the movies of 2022. The ceremony takes place in 2023. I always swap it around what I call it. Like, you know, you remember the 2003 Oscars and people will get one year off from the one I mean. Like, it's a thing I struggle with when talking about the Oscars. 1939 is when um, Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz came out. We don't talk about Gone with the Wind winning the 1940 Oscar. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So twenty the 2022 Oscar season. John is not here. We are alone. <laughs> and yes, do you want to jump right into it? Do you want to do a little preamble about why we've been on hiatus? How are you feeling? Nah, I mean, we're, we're off schedule and we're still off schedule. <laughs> you can think of this as sort of continuing to be off schedule, but it's almost like a whole what else have you been consuming and it's not a replacement for our 2022 episode i don't think no no it's its own special episode i wanted to do a whole podcast by my lonesome just about the oscars and it just didn't take off i didn't get going with it soon enough or well enough and i also was like i need colin here to tell me no you're wrong (laughs) yeah because this is something colin and i have done together for many years and colin has also seen the two movies that are gaping holes in my oscar viewing this year so i kind of need his input those two movies are top gun maverick and the batman the batman they are nominated for some significant awards and i just have not gotten around to see them because they are very long and not kid friendly and those two things are not compatible with my life yeah and yeah i mean we've been into the oscars basically since i'd say 1997 1998 see i track it from 90 yeah eight or nine that whichever was the titanic year Yeah, the titanic year is the first year oscars we watched yes and and of course it was ridiculous i mean that was my main impression of the movie titanic is the like is that it was just a juggernaut. Yeah. It just won everything that night. And I'm like, but this movie looks dumb. (laughs) Oh, that was me. Yeah, teenage boy. I was not a teenage boy. I was like eight years old. Yeah, so you, of course it looks dumb to an eight-year-old. And I was very mad because, I I mean, it's not like I looked at the, we didn't go, we didn't Google what the nominees were before that Yeah. We knew what the nominees were by watching the show. Yeah. And I was, I was pretty mad at that first Oscars we watched because, or maybe the second one we watched, because Godzilla, the 1998 Godzilla, <laughs> got zero nominated. <laughs> I, I remember when we got to the best visual effects, I don't even know if it was nominated for best visual effects. Oh, and man. I was like, just very peeved. <laughs> so, therefore, I think from then on, I've like never really been interested in getting pissed off about what gets nominated and what gets snubbed of nominations. Uh... Because ever since the cinematic masterpiece, Roland Emmerich's... <laughs> 
<laughs> Matthew Broderick starring Godzilla gotten snubbed by the Academy Awards. I've been pretty impervious. I've been relatively impervious since then. That's um, an amazing first Oscar heartbreak. <laughs> I was just like, really? Like, you can't even give that masterpiece best visual effects? Come on. This Oscars are maybe not for me. And actually, well, while we're on that note, I feel like I should maybe get out of the way the fact that, like, um, in some ways, this is like the fruition of of your like long time Oscar obsession. And, yes, and you're super into it every year. I'm into it because I'm into movies, but I'm almost a little queasy about contributing to Oscar discourse. Yeah, it can be toxic and scary. It can. I'm so deep in it, though. Like, sure. this is something I am a nerd about. I'm one of those Oscar fan people that listens to the podcasts about the Oscars and follows the race and looks at who got lots of crowd appeal at TIFF and who won the BAFTA. And like, yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm yeah, just so one of those people. today. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't been keeping that close with the, what's winning just a little bit the other reason i think the oscar discourse annoys me aside from the usual controversies and all that i don't always feel like it's that meaningful to like compare movies in this way to pit movies against each other this way yeah i mean in some ways that's almost the point of this podcast the movies for decades podcast is to just pluck individual movies out of time and just talk about them certainly their context but not but like what their what their movies are doing and the oscars are expressly not that yeah you know the, the arguments are like i can't believe this movie got this many nominations this one got so few and i'm like well maybe there's not any good reason to compare those two movies there are endless oscar critiques should there even should these celebrities even be rewarding each other what's the point award shows boo like there's it's endless reasons to dislike the Oscars, but I love them because I don't really watch reality shows, so this is kind of my one and only reality show. I like the drama. I even kind of like the controversy. I like how off the rails the, the actual ceremony can get. I like how different it is every year. I like seeing these weird show business people having to sort of show their personalities in awkward ways. My thing is, is that I think the number one thing the Oscars get right every year is that they exist. <laughs> I think the, the, the Oscars should happen. I think it's wonderful to celebrate the both the art and commerce of movie making mm -hmm. and, I, and to do it in an ostentatious way. Yeah. I think that is a great thing. And also, hey, you know, let's. it also gives us an excuse to watch the movies that we maybe wouldn't make the effort to see. Yeah. A lot of them are very good. Yeah, I love also, yeah, having a reason to seek out documentaries and short films and stuff that I maybe never would have gotten around to. It's like my big, I don't really believe in canons. I don't really believe in best of lists. I'm really skeptical whenever anyone recommends a movie to me for any reason. I want to know why exactly they liked it. And I want to know if I specifically will like it. And But the Oscars are my one thing where it's like I'm given a list once a year that I actually make an effort to see all of these and maybe my taste just lines up with Oscar bait movies a little bit and you know I like historical fiction I like family dramas like I kind of vibe with the Academy's taste a little I think and then also I think it's a really nice way to have just a slice of what this year in film was just I just find it really fun and have since I was a teenager to, you know, have the nomination lists drop and it's just a, I start sprinting. I start watching as many as I can and it's fun to check off the list and it's fun to have opinions. Yeah, it's the whole season is exciting to me. So as a tease, maybe at the end, after we're done going through the Oscars this year, I maybe will make as, as a privilege of having a podcast, I will make my esoteric and probably 
bogus description of where I think cinema is Ooh. in the year 2022. Because I have a I have a half baked theory that I might as well attempt to bake a little bit on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But that's a tease. First, okay. why not we just get into this? All right, yes. Yeah, so you have chosen an order. Yeah, for of... how we do these. Now, yeah. the first two, partly why I've chosen these first two is because I watched zero of these movies. You watched all, well, of, all them. of them. So, for the first nominees. <laughs> Animated short film. I saw these at the Sidewalk Cinema. Shout out. Shout Great out. venue. I love that they have Air they have shown they have shown they have they done shown <laughs> they done shown these movies and I'm very grateful um cuz I have tried to watch the shorts on various streaming flat platforms and searched all around and why do I have to download the Stars app just for Oscar season? Jeez. So it's just so nice. Yeah. To have a actual venue to go and see all of these but anyways how we're doing this episode uh, i always make a prediction list and a votes list like if i was a member of the academy and i am presented with the nominees what would i personally vote for but that's often not, not what i winner. actually predict will win so for these animated i predict the ice merchants will win but my favorite was My Year of Dicks, which is a hilarious movie to say. These were all extremely creative and beautiful. Animation can... If you want like a bizarre block of films to kind of just check in on and get something completely different with each one, honestly watch the animated shorts block for the Oscars because these will be top-notch, top-quality, strange, creative, and interesting movies. So what, what's your what's your prediction for what's going to win? My prediction is Ice Merchants because okay. it was sad and sweet and beautiful and the concept was so how did you imagine this it was so creative and so simple and it was just it was all it hit all the marks a, a smile and a tear and a, a story tear. you could not tell live action and it was weird there was kind of a theme with this oscar block there was two different animated character flying through the air for a long artistic impressionistic li length of time um so so here's how we're doing this is helen cunt came in having filled out her ballot yes. both ballots i'm gonna part, part of the gimmick of this is i'm gonna be filling mine live on while we record okay and so for these first two categories i'm just copying hell oh, okay i think also the ostrich um an ostrich told me the world is fake and i think i believe it was also amazing like kind of john malkovich bizarro world claymation dude becomes self-aware and realize he's realizes he's in a claymation and that was super cool but it wasn't heartrending and also australian accents Charming. <laughs> charming, charming, charming. We like it. The boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. I don't even want to talk about it. It was cringily saccharine. Oh, it, saccharine. It was about, it was just a lost boy and animal friends telling him he's loved and appreciated. And it was, it was just laid on so thick. And honestly, maybe it'll win just because it had really high production values. And like Idris Elba was one of the voices and it was a whole thing, but it was just so heavy handed. It's like all the platitudes that like children are supposed to be told these days to have good self-esteem was like being told to this little boy by a mole, a horse and a fox. I'd probably watch it with 
with Ren and she'd probably love it, but I found it kind of excruciating. Um, but My Year of Dicks was great. It was like the ultimate story of a teenage girl and it was so relatable and so funny. Like it's each person that brief high school fling she had. They were such shitty teenage boys in such real shitty teenage boy ways. <laughs> like They were dicks? Yeah, the metalhead, the skater dude. I was just like, oh my God, I knew all these archetypes. Oh my gosh. Like I was like, and also one part she gets really excited and she turns into an anime character briefly when she's really excited. And yeah, it was just so good. Like I was like, this is a perfect film. It's only 15 minutes long, but it's a perfect film. But it may not win because it wasn't heartrending. So next so, category. Next category, live action short film. So these were bummers. These were huge bummers. All it, of them. All of them except for An Irish Goodbye. I was going to say, I like the title of The Irish Goodbye the best. Yeah, that one was the one that wasn't a bummer. Who doesn't love giving a little Irish goodbye? Yeah. Know? Who doesn't like doing that? Is that where it's, is that abruptly leaving? Is that what that means? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's leaving without saying goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just peacing out without, without the whole like going through like, well, I'm having, a, I'm leaving. Oh, well, let's talk for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah. Like, the opposite just, of a Southern goodbye. Bye. Yeah. So yeah, no, that was the best movie by far. Okay. Like, but I think the one is that's actually going to win is Le Pupil. Le Pupil. Because that is was. Is it French? Yeah, or Italian. It was some kind of super high production value we don't thing. Know the difference Curon, Roman language. I don't know. I wasn't paying close attention. I don't know. There were like some people in the theater with me that were talking all through it. And it had subtitles and it was children. But you know, what is that guy that made Roma Quran? Yeah, his name? yeah, he made it or he either oh. produced it. It's he's some in some way behind it and it has extremely high production values and the children are very cute, but it's also kind of weird and creepy because it's these children that live with nuns in during World War One or two. See, I was like struggling to pay attention to this movie. I think it was one of them wars. <laughs> it was one of them wars and it was some mares in Europe. What, what kind of helmets were they wearing? Were the soldiers wearing funny ones? <laughs> Or normal one. <laughs> uh, there weren't really any soldiers. It okay. was really just kids. So it, there's zero way for you to tell yeah. World War One or two. <laughs> with... It was hard to pay attention to, but it was also, I think, just the most cinematic of the bunch. And Irish Goodbye was a little bit lower budget, but I thought that it had the most heart. So what's your pick? My pick is Le Pupil. No, no, as in, no, no, what's your Oh, my pick uh, is an Irish Goodbye. Your, your vote. My vote is an Irish goodbye. And your pick, your your prediction. My prediction is Le Pupil. Le Pupil. Because the other three were just, just bummers, stories of suffering. So one of them could win. One of them could win, but I found them all three terribly sad. All right, now I've entered the chat. You uh, entered the chat. I did see this you shorts block. You did watch the documentary shorts block. So oh. what is your pick for documentary shorts film? My favorite one was the Martha Mitchell effect. Far and away. Oh, God, that 1, thing percent <laughs> For one thing, I didn't know who she was. And Me who either. she was is a delight. Yes. Look up Martha Mitchell. She is fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I require I, a feature film post haste. Yeah, no, I think I think <laughs> I think it'd be a good movie. A full length documentary would be cool, but I just what a fun character I knew yeah, nothing what a about. Firecracker from history. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, okay. So that's your is that your vote? No. That's my vote. Okay, but it's so not my prediction. Vote. What is your prediction? My prediction is the elephant whispers. 
because elephants are adorable. You know, I think I might have, I might just sort of agree with you there because, well, no, haul out is the is the the name of the um yeah haul it or whatever. I did think that was a great film. Yeah. I think that was some really but nice. But if they're filmmaking. going, if you're gonna vote for walrus, if your pen is hovering over walruses or elephants, you're gonna bubble in elephants. I mean, you're gonna win. <laughs> I don't know, like I mean, the Elephant Whispers was a wonderful, nice movie. Oh God, I really did like the uh, how do you measure a year though that I was so that sweet and that took a whole that kid's whole life like yeah i loved that one too mm. i was like how are they gonna top this and it was the first one in the block and i was thinking about parenthood i mean what a clever concept this guy filmed his daughter once a year for 18 years 17 years something like that i mean yeah beautiful little story but i feel like they're gonna try to big picture environmentalism human rights cute elephants i just think i guess i'm with you mostly just because i'm like i did like... it'll probably be more widely seen because it's on netflix and the voters hate to say it don't always watch every single one which is a bummer which Come is on. a bummer yeah if, but if it's us, like if, if us you goof balls you know out here i mean i guess that's literally what i did with the first two is just like what'd you say yeah okay i mean yeah i mean yeah they don't watch every single one and you're not as, there's some categories where you're not allowed to vote if you haven't seen them mm-hmm. but there are some that you can vote yeah and i don't know if these are one of those what are they going to make an effort to actually watch elephants mm-hmm. on netflix that's sort of my thinking and i think also that's why i predicted le pupil because i think that one will be more sought out and seen because it's associated with a big name yeah but yeah watch some of these google martha mitchell lookups i don't know how you see these movies i mean elephant whispers is on netflix wasn't there another one that was on Netflix? Which one was Stranger at the G- Oh yeah, that was just yeah, that was just a nice story of of uh, of, of people changing real life. A, a redneck. A redneck <laughs> changing his life to be a good guy. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so let's 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 we can move on, right? Unless yes. You let's have move more on. Spiel. Now let's move on to a category that is a blank in oh, my brain. What? Makeup and hairstyling. Okay, so this is this is I clumped these together when I was thinking about it because. This, these next group of quote unquote technical award craft awards are are hard for us to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think they're hard, in, at least in terms of predicting, because when you're trying to predict this, we kind of forget that these aren't quote unquote technical awards where we're just judging the movie. A lot of the people who win the, a lot of the movies that win these awards sometimes win because the voters are like, oh, Carol is so good. Mm-hmm. She's so like she, they know the people. They personally. know the people who are actually heads of these departments who are nominated. The actual people nominated for these Oscars, yeah. and they're like, "Oh my God, I love Carol. I worked with her 15 years ago. I think yeah. she's. I think it's great that she's come this far in her yeah. trade. I'm voting for her. Yeah. And 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 then us us goofballs watching the Oscars are like. Why did that movie win? Yeah. And that's why. So obviously there's no way we can really discern Yeah, I that. wish they had the names of people listed along with the movie. Yeah. And then uh, and then so that's one problem with predicting. And then in terms of picking it, how do you actually evaluate as a person which of these movies has like how do you compare how do you compare like i don't know how you pick yeah like like literally don't so the only way i figured out how i would say vote is okay makeup and hairstyling like i don't know what's the best makeup and hairstyling but maybe the way i would do it is what what makeup and hairstyling is mo- most crucial to the movie working Mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of how I feel about the next clump of awards okay so i see what you're saying yeah so for you what did you pick I didn't. 
So you didn't. You didn't. I haven't this one. seen the Batman, and I don't know why. I think that would like change my mind somehow. I mean, the Batman suit is cool, but yeah, but and, that's costumes. And everything is, yeah, that's true. The um, the makeup is good. Colin Farrell looks like not Colin Farrell. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna say that's not the winner. Most um, of the makeup in All Quiet on the Western Front is mud based. Yeah, people look good and realistically gross. People and, look and it is with crucial mud. and yeah. probably a. a great deal more work than you think i haven't seen black panther wakanda oh i did see that and it was very good i don't remember the makeup specifically i mean i guess there were blue people and stuff i think this is maybe between elvis and the whale and it's really it seems like obvious that well i'm not actually serious i i I, my my basic idea was maybe it's all quiet on the western front just because of mud yeah Uh, (laughs) but maybe prediction wise i don't know is it the whale because it's awfully crucial well, but it's just the one character that's really heavily made up. But it's up. awfully crucial yeah. to the movie, is at least my logic. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the whole unpopular movie of it all. Will it not get votes because it's not especially good? Yeah. Yeah, and they really heavily made up Tom Hanks in Elvis also. Yeah, that I too. forgot it was Tom Hanks a couple times, and that's hard to do. Hard to do. I also kind of like I like I like the Elvis pick because it also kind of like is highlighting the fact that makeup was an important part of Elvis, the real life Elvis's persona. So mm-hmm. recreating that in some department was useful. Yeah, I kind of think like yeah, him, Elvis and his eyeliner. <laughs> I feel like my vote though is a little boring, which is that just I feel like All Quiet on the Western Front is such a tour de force of that trade. Yeah. That I almost feel like I kind of, I'm just going to pick that. I don't, I almost don't want to vote for one until I see the Batman, unless I don't get around to seeing the Batman. But I don't know, prediction wise, it's so difficult because I see what you're saying about Elvis and it being essential to the story. But man, it's so difficult, like, to make sure the mud is coherent. Like, you you know, the actor touches their face and you have to touch it up. When I got to thinking about this, I just thought, like, the, the, the continuity. Yeah. Challenge of making a movie all day with with that much mud on a dude's face is was hard. So it's astounding. Yeah. Just, we'll go with it. I want it. I want we'll that. Go one with to it. Be I'm it. gonna make it both. Okay. Whatever. Um, all quiet. All makeup. quiet on the western front. Makeup and hairstyle. Okay. What 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 did I say next? Costume design. Same idea. Same logic applies again to costume design. I have well, a what vote. is your pick? I have a vote for this one. What's your vote? It's Black Panther. People look cool yeah, and, people look and cool. hot in Black Panther films. <laughs> yeah. And More I mean, so than even like a lot of uh, Marvel movies. Yeah. And I mean, in every single character basically is wearing a costume, quote unquote, pretty yeah, much. And also, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the costumes were actually amazing in that movie more so than babylon and like yes everything everywhere had cool costumes but a lot of the time the characters were just wearing normal clothes but they were impeccable i don't know i I almost am inclined to give everything everywhere all at once my vote here Hmm. because i think everyone all the costume choices are important and kind of like get played up in the course of the movie yeah and weirdly i feel like everyone's costume in that movie's kind of become iconic i mean yeah. like michelle yo's look has kind of become iconic the burgundy you know, pants the, yeah and, and whatever vest she's and then of course jamie lee curtis's like horrible yellow horrible sweater. mustard sweater <laughs> yeah. is a great choice of course the, the bonanza of of joy's outfits of joy's outfit yeah just 
spectacular. And now a dark um, horse in this race could be Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, which I have not seen, but it is a movie entirely about wardrobe and clothing and okay. costumes. And well, well, that's an easy nom. Yeah, a lot of, like, Cruella won. Like, a lot of times okay. this award goes to movies that are just about costumes. The voters are like, fashion. <laughs> yeah, and so that Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris is about fashion. That's the whole point of the whole movie. So I feel like it could jump up and snatch it just because that's the whole crux of the whole thing. Elvis, you can make a similar argument. Babylon, yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, I think it's fairly important to the plot is what people are wearing. But, but uh, it's, yeah. Um, I but I mean, I've seen other period pieces that were as good, I guess. So whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm always going to vote for, with these technical awards, I'm often going to vote for the sci-fi mm -hmm. because that's a fully True. imagined world, which everything everywhere is also sci-fi, granted. But yeah. Black Panther is so much more heightened and so much more glossy and detailed and complex the way it's sci-fi world and the costumes i mean the suit of the superhero i don't know i think it should win that's my vote i don't really have a prediction for it though like, i think i'm gonna again make this not complicated on myself and do vote and prediction for everything everywhere all at once and partly because i think in terms of maybe my prediction is this will maybe be a theme as we go along i just feel there's some big mo for everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, that's so true. It has it has the big mo. Yeah. And that's momentum for those of you. Who are like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Um, yeah. Anyway. Non-stop momentum. What's up next? Uh, production design, which is uh, again <laughs> copy paste what I've said to apply to this this clump of nominees. Yeah. And uh, again, this is you... one where it's like obviously the science fiction should always win production design because you have to come up with the design of everything from scratch. Yeah, this you is can't one base where... it on anything. This is one where I feel like Avatar is a little bit of the one to beat. Yeah. Because it's just such an all encompassing work of design. But you know what my other favorite is what? in this what? category is the Fablemans. Because I think that the production design is actually genius in that movie uh -huh. because it doesn't look like a period piece. Every house looks like home and like a place where people actually live. It looks and, like present day. Yeah, it looks kind of yeah. like present. It looks like you could walk in there and flop down on the couch. Like there are so many, you know, period piece movies that look so stagey. Mm -hmm. And somehow the Fablemans managed to look organic and alive and... Yeah. I think it was extremely intentional and conscious and so which detailed. Is, which is your vote? My vote is Avatar because yeah. that was a harder job. But I I don't know why. These I, are all actually really good nominees now that I'm, I think all of these really are. I mean, are they production great. designed a trench in yeah, I all guess, quiet. And it's incredible. I do feel like maybe the argument against it is that like it does it incredibly well, but it's far from the first movie that has done an incredible job of showing World War One trench warfare yeah. from a production design standpoint. Avatar, I mean, like, look, these movies are whatever your opinion of the Avatar franchise is, there's no doubt that they are pretty incredible achievements in just any sort of technical craft yeah, award. Yeah, they're so vibrant. Yeah. And, uh, Babylon, I mean, production design pretty good for that movie in terms of bringing some of that era of Hollywood alive. And, of course, just the manic party scene. Yeah. Elvis is just balls to the wall. <laughs> just so much going on there. And, wow, I mean, I actually didn't take the Fableman seriously as an, as maybe a winner until now. Yeah, that, I could Crap. be just completely confusing. Like, maybe I should swap where I predict Avatar and vote for the Fablemans. Because yeah. I think the Fablemans is a subtle, beautiful, every choice is conscious and correct but nobody else is going to notice that but me. Avatar is just like, duh. 
Jimmy Cameron. <laughs> I'm 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 not seeing much to disagree with here. Um, I like it. And then we're, here we are again, visual effects. Duh, Jimmy Cameron. Avatar, why I are mean, we even talking? I honestly <laughs> think it's a little insulting to not give the Avatar. And let me just maybe move on to one thing, which is that I actually think the biggest snub, we are on visual effects, right? Yeah. But I think, like, to me, one of the biggest snubs in this year's Academy Awards is Avatar not getting best cinematography. Mm, yeah. Just because, like... They innovated frame rates and stuff. Well, it's just mostly just like, I, I can't really like, I can kind of comprehend like, oh yeah, yeah. So visual effects, yes, they had to do all this intense visual effects. But like, I like can't wrap my brain around how they did that for the camera with all this underwater real life people floating underwater and integrated all that lighting and all these like, yeah, uh, and it's these, madness. these people blue while dealing with non-CGI water yeah. and all the, and I just can't wrap my head around how that was done for the camera. Yeah. I just, it would make, my brain could wrap around it better if it was just like, well, it's just all CGI, but it's not. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I can't comprehend it. Therefore, it should of... win best visual effects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Period. I mean, yeah, these other ones on the list, I mean, yeah, okay, yes, it looked real brutal, all quiet. Mm-hmm, Batman, that was Batman, all right. Black Panther, yep. Uh -huh. Well, no need to be disparaging, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> I mean, Top Gun planes went whoosh. Um, uh, Top Gun, like, here's the thing about Top Gun is like the most impressive thing about Top Gun Maverick is uh, how much is not CGI. Yeah. So that's that's part of my take there. Yeah. I, I mean, so. and also Black Panther did have bl also blue people underwater, but I don't know if oh. it was real actors underwater. Oh, coming in, coming in, taking Avatar's game. Now. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. I think it visual effects is Avatar, and like, why are we even talking? Yeah. Next I mean, one is sound. And I feel like this is also kind of a why are we even talking category because I feel like... Wait, which one? Sound. War sure. movies always win sound. Do they, though? I don't know that for a fact. Do they? I feel like they is, do. Is Back when you... they had mixing and editing, See, this is where a, a real war podcast, movie would always get one. A real podcast that really was doing this right would just have stats. Yeah, I know. We, just, we, would, just have, we would just pull up some stats. I like know. 73% of all... <laughs> best sound winners have been war movies i don't know if that is true though yeah and i guess it was more when th it was separated into two categories sound mixing and sound editing one of those would always go to a war movie i yeah. think I, I mean it just seems like this is one where it's like is it and you know some of the same things i've been saying elsewise applies to this but also like this is another one where like people go like okay what should win best sound like most sound <laughs> or is best sound where so I, i'm again the only way i can evaluate it what's your pick i mean it's all quiet it's just all quiet but all around i feel like i would evaluate that movie better if i didn't watch it on my damn tv because uh, part of cause i watched it on my laptop part of how i feel part of what how i feel about this award is that the Batman sound? I saw that in the theater twice, and, and it, it sounded sounds amazing. so fun. I mean, <laughs> the, the, there's some, there's some like the Batmobile going. It's, it's so well done in the theater. It's a fun, loud movie. Same with Top Gun, and then the other ones, and then you know Avatar: Way of Water, yeah, good sound. Elvis, you know, a lot of musical type stuff win best sound yeah. a lot of music based movies and elvis is a, is a tour de force yeah i'm just i'm just planting regard. my flag on all quiet you can have an existential crisis uh, about this one but i'm just choosing all quiet no. i'm both voting for it and predicting it 
But then I haven't seen the Batman, so I could I could watch the Batman and Top Gun. This is really one of my weakest categories because they're the two movies I haven't seen are in it. I could watch both of those movies and be completely shaken. But because I haven't seen those two movies, I'm like, nah. Yeah, I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, I don't actually know. So your vote is just you're just hanging your hat on All Quiet on the yeah. Western Front. Yes, I'm gonna say my vote just because of what i'm saying i just like that scene where the batmobile goes <laughs> and it's cool um so it gets my vote and then my prediction is that <sighs> i think i'm just gonna make a offbeat prediction just because and it's gonna be elvis oh interesting musical vote the musical vote that makes musical. sense speaking of music now we're on to original song yeah. I made a playlist in my phone of all the songs. So what's your take? I don't know. I, I still... Like, people were kind of being jerks on the internet about um, Lift Me Up, the Black Panther um, Rihanna song. They're like, it's a dirge. But it's also really good, and this is kind of Rihanna's year. <sighs> I love Gaga. I liked her Top Gun song. I can't wait to watch What's-His-Name from... The Talking Heads sing at the Oscars for oh, the cool. Everything Everywhere. And I I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. This one, I have no idea. This, I think I'm inclined to just, so what, did you vote for one? Did I pick one? No. So, I listened to them over and over again, and they all started sounding the same to me, except for obviously RRR, which is, that one might get it just because that movie's. Didn't it get a go the globe? Maybe it did. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know, but it, that one. It was so beloved. I'm kind of surprised this is its only nomination. So I would say I only have like, have an opinion about two of these, which is uh, the Everything Everywhere All Once, where mm -hmm. I think I don't really remember anything about the closing credits song because both times I was kind of processing the movie slash needed to be. Mm -hmm. um, so and then all I'll say is Top Gun Maverick. It's a very satisfying, fun movie. You come away going like great movie good movie man mm -hmm. and then you have lady gaga serenading us <laughs> over more like sunset planes going through yeah. thumbs up <laughs> yeah. lady gaga yeah all right done um so score score now this, this is one... one i have a vote but no prediction interesting okay uh okay so what is your vote my vote is banshees for anishiran because okay. celtic music Sure. That's just also Helen Carter Bate. Burwell. Yeah. Carter Burwell, longtime Coen Brothers. And composer. it's about a man who's trying to compose a song. Yeah. Um <laughs> so um Okay. That's my vote. And maybe so, it's also my prediction because none of these other scores really stuck in my head. I mean the weird blomping in All Quiet. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> I love, honestly, I love the score in All Quiet on the Western. Yeah. I thought it was very really effective. Menacing. Interesting. Blomping. And, yes. <laughs> I actually, I also rather love the absolutely frenetic madness that is the Babylon score. Mm -hmm. My only thought about it is, is I was like, did too many zoos do this score? <laughs> I literally thought it was just too many zoos, which is this, you know, that New York the subway band, subway jazz band. Cause I like literally, so in some ways maybe like, okay, so maybe it's just, you know, I like too many zoos. Yeah. Of course I like the score of it. Banshees of an issue. And yeah. Um, I feel like I discount everything everywhere at once a score, even though it's good because it uses that kind of classical music motif to it. Mm. So 
you know, you got to rule out a movie somehow. Uh, the Fablemans feels a little bit like a we just want to nominate John Williams, but yeah. it is a good score, and it's it's a perfect example of that movie's like methodology of of just the right amount of sweetness. Yeah, but not but but not too but, but there uh, was not no too much tune from it that I came away humming. Really, I just didn't. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. Oh no, you didn't come. Away I, didn't, I didn't. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. So I think it's a little it, bit of like let's give Johnny Williams a nom. Yeah. Uh, Stevie and Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> together again, let's give him a nom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Banshees of Inisherin is good. I'm my vote is all quiet on the Western Front because I okay. thought that score was cool, and interesting and helpful for the movie. Um, I, prediction. You, you, I see. Yeah, okay. I can't predict. Let me just let me let me answer a question real quick. Has Carter Burwell won an Oscar? Won an Oscar? Because if he hadn't, then uh, that maybe it is his turn. Buffering. <laughs> Buffering. <laughs> Googling. Googling. Uh, have an opinion, Helen, while I look this. Up. Well, well, I don't have an opinion about score. I mean, I guess I could my I could predict all quiet and vote. But if you find that Carter Burwell has not... I think he's been nominated and not won. Oh, that sounds like a predict and a vote. It's, I mean, that okay. truly is my favorite score of the year. Banshees of Inishirin is my favorite score oh. of the year, and he sh deserves a trophy okay. for it. I'm going to give it my prediction then. Bada bing. Next up is film editing. Okay, now this is one theoretically I should have an opinion about because I do film editing. I do video editing as a job, and I've edited short films... Yeah. So theoretically, I should have an opinion. Uh, and let me tell you how I evaluate editing in the film. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you evaluate that exactly. I mean, other than maybe copy-pasting some of what I've said. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, does the pacing ever feel off? Well, none of these movies that are yeah, nominated for great. Best Film Editing are going to feel off. Yeah, that's Not so a true. one. That's so All true. of them have great editing. Yeah. Next question. Well, my vote <laughs> is Everything Everywhere because sure. how do you pull together so many timelines and so much going on and still make it a coherent story and still have it land so hard, so well, so many times? And so that's why. And also my... just carry out some jokes. Yeah, yeah, you know? the hilarity. Yeah, so that's my vote. But I can't predict. I mean, yeah, this is one. This is, again, Top Gun's in there. Haven't seen that. And, you know, this is another one where people go like, well, is it best editing or most editing? Because then that would be Elvis, right? That would be editing. either Elvis or <laughs> everything, everything everywhere, everywhere all at once. I have to say I like all these nominees really well because I think um, I think they're all, like, editing is very key. And, like, Tar is an interesting nominee here because mm -hmm. that movie feels much more placid. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think that's such a good example of how, like, so as someone who has edited narrative stories, it's actually way harder to edit just like dialogue than you think. Mm -hmm. Just people talking and just is that is actually way, way harder than you think. Mm -hmm. And like, um, you know, so I think that's a cool nomination. The Tar got nominated. Yeah, yeah Top Gun is cool because this plane's going worse. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but if and you're going the same thing with Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, like that's another one. That's another cool nomination, I think, because mm -hmm. it's quote unquote slow. Quote unquote slow, and so much of it is like so much of it is emotion based, and and editing is really like an underrated. 
it's un not appreciated how important editing is to like carrying off that kind of thing. Yeah, should it be tar because a conductor's kind of like an editor measuring uh, time in the orchestra and measuring time in a film is the editor. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, um, fellow uh, editors will be voting for this. But I mean, if you want to do the super oversimplified cheat code of like most editing is best editing than Elvis. Yeah, but I feel like the editing is pretty polarizing for that movie. Yeah, I people mean, either among, hate or love it. Yeah. I mean, among the people who don't like that movie, they they think the editing is, you know, like, uh Too frenetic. But yeah. me, I, uh, hot take, like the movie Elvis. Mm. So I like the editing of that movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like all of these nominees now that I'm talking about them. I guess I have to rule some out. I feel like my prediction might just be everything everywhere all at once because that just talk because about the a movie, big mo talk about a movie that like big mo mm -hmm. but also talk about a movie that does not function without really pristine editing yeah that's why I voted you know, for it yeah yeah I think that's it maybe fails like, without good it, editing the movie cannot work there's other movies that can all of these movies can maybe work with okay editing yeah um are we to cinematography now sure this is my blindest blind spot of the whole Oscar yeah, season because I've I have not seen Bardo or Empire of Light um so I have no prediction and no votes I just don't know yeah, so I haven't seen either of those two movies. Um, and I, are famous people nominated for any of I think, these? I think Deacons has got an Empire is is. Oh, okay, he's got some Oscars though, right? Yeah, he, one could say he's the em Emperor of Light. <laughs> Roger Deacons. Yeah, so, and he's got. I think he's got himself a couple statues. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought All Quiet on the Western Front's cinematography was extraordinary. Yeah. And and really kind of awesome it's almost like the point of the movie was the cinematography and to like show like this type of to, the point of doing an update on the world war one story is to do it with the sort of modern 8k or whatever camera mm -hmm. and it's also like i like i appreciated how there's a there's a current movement of cinema that i like a lot where they are no longer like us trying to um make period pieces like look have a certain look fake color palette yeah. according to what their time period is like sure that movie's kind of gray but really it, it mostly just looks realistic and like there's we went through such a time where like oh well, this movie set in the past so we need to have it have a newsreally look mm -hmm. like spielberg kind of pioneered that with saving private ryan some of that sepia ish stuff yeah yeah and um because he was literally trying to copy some of those you know new you know those photographers from world war ii he was trying yeah. to copy that style and i think a lot of people were doing that with war movies for a long time yeah i like how this movie is just like here's world war one as if there's just a camera there yeah and modern a modern camera, camera. There. so yeah. i thought that, i thought that was a great choice i liked it a lot elvis cool nomination because again i liked that movie it's colorful <laughs> um Man, Tar cinematography is pretty fantastic. And it's yeah. similar in that I think it's another movie where they're like, it's just a really great looking camera that's just showing that it just, it, the cinematography looks great. And of course, obviously, the uh, this is maybe more of a directing commentary, but really like 
some pretty extraordinary camera work in that movie. Mm-hmm. So shit. What what is your vote? I nothing. This is the blankest blank. This is the hardest category for me. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, what 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 have I? I guess all quiet. I guess I made a whole speech on it. Yeah. Um. God, I knew like Tar's cinematography though. Mm. Um. Oh fuck it. I'm just gonna. I, I'm <laughs> doing all quiet on the Western Front because I made a speech. Yeah. All right. Um. Next. So next is international feature. I've only seen all quiet of these, and really, could anyone compete with all quiet? I mean, I'm sure all of them could compete with it because I don't know how. Even though we're giving it some love. And it was well seen because it was on Netflix. Like it might not remotely be the better, better so, than these other mysterious other four. But it's so buzzy and so well it's seen because it's on Netflix and act, yeah. people actually watched it. Which maybe is the cheat code yeah. is that people could watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because these are also adults with lives and kids and jobs that they don't get around to watching every single thing. Well, let's not belabor it. Dim Germans. Okay, uh, and then yeah, there's a big European contingent of the Academy now so that also could be a thing Uh, documentary feature I've only seen two of these I've only seen one it was a good movie yeah and so that's my vote is Navalny yeah my vote is Navalny too partly because like that's got to be one of the most killer moments in documentary visual journalism ever is 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 you it's got that scene where your jaw hits the floor and and and, and the people on camera's jaws hit the floor yeah, everyone... except for alexander navalny who's like sick yeah he's like yeah. these are the people who tried to murder me yeah and now i'm gonna get them to describe it to me yeah holy shit yeah uh phenomenal yeah it gets the oscar for that reason yeah and we'll just go with it yeah let's just go with that um Next one, what do I have? Oh, uh, animated feature. This is one I have seen every single movie from the category. Okay. Um, but I really didn't need to see them because, I mean, the Oscars love Guillermo del Toro. They, they always give him awards. They do. This movie was beautiful and poignant and strange and interesting and totally him. It's going to win, I feel like. Okay. Um, but, I mean, if if... Letterbox is any representation of how the Academy is, which I think it is not, then Puss in Boots would win. That movie is strangely awesome. And is so getting, it's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. And it's getting a weird kind of cult following before it's been, you know, cult followings don't, aren't supposed to start until after a movie's been out for a while, but it seems like it's already got that kind of weird, like, hot take. Puss in Boots is great. Not so hot take. Everyone agrees with you. But I don't know if the Academy's on that wavelength. They're probably just going to vote for their boy. Um, yeah, I like that pick. I, I feel like what's funny is that the largest percentage of... I didn't see any of these movies all the way through in yeah. one sitting. The largest percentage is the Seabees. Yeah, and a actually... a likable little movie. That's the one I voted for because that's the one I like the best because it... It adhered to my taste the most. Was it original? No. Was it better than these other movies? No. Did it have sailing ships? Yes. Vote. <laughs> so that's why I voted for it. But my prediction is Pinocchio. I'm going to say Pinocchio both pick vote, even though I'm like, because look, I got to say, I like Guillermo mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. In fact. Yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh, we're to the acting categories. Actress in a supporting role. 
Here we go. Here we go. Gosh. Um, um, so I've only seen three of these between two movies, <laughs> which is, of course, because I missed the new Black Panther movie. Yeah, not I, the whale. I, Wakanda sometime for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Wakanda sometimes. <laughs> Wakanda maybe sometime when I'm just not feeling, I'm feeling like a Marvel movie, which Mm-mm. is not as often these days. Uh, well, what's your what's your vote? My vote is Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. I remember seeing... Everything Everywhere in the theater when it came out, like in March or whatever, whenever it was, and thinking, this is so sad that it came out right after the Oscars. Everyone will have forgotten about it by the Oscars, and Jamie Lee Curtis deserves this nomination. Mm. Like, I was not thinking this should get Best Picture, this should get Best Director, Screenplay, all these other nominations. Um, but I walked out of the theater being like, oh my gosh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. I wish that this movie would have the staying power to get her a nomination, if no one else in the entire thing. So she's my vote, absolutely for sure. But my prediction is Angela Bassett, but I'm feeling a little bit shaky on that because it might be a problem of everyone assumes she's clinched it, so they vote for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's the obvious choice, legacy and amazing performance, and kind of heart of that movie, and everybody loves her, and so they there's like Carrie Con- like what I, the way I've heard it described by the pundits, the Oscar pundits, oh dear, is that um all the everything everywhere actresses cancel each other out and split their vote. Yeah. Everyone assumes Angela Bassett has it clinched, so they vote for Carrie Condon instead, and she's the actual winner. Oh. Okay, well, I like that. That means that maybe my my, my vote and pick are not complicated. Mm. Then, yeah, which is that um, I really like Carrie Condon's performance in Banshees. She was an she, she's so key excellent. in that movie. Yeah, um, that I think I think her her performance is really key to that movie working. I think she's really perfect in it. Um, and I think she did just win the BAFTA. Yeah, well, of course, those Brits like. Britain. Of course, they, yeah, they vote for their own. Like, yeah. oh, let's give us a British Isles nomination. <laughs> we must vote for an American film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I agree with the logic on canceling out. I, um, in terms of my opinion, I mean, I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis, her performance is really, really fun. Um, but I mean, I'm not actually sure it's a better performance than Stephanie Sue. Yeah, I don't know. I but, didn't. And, even... and also, I love Stephanie Sue's. I don't know exactly how if, yeah. how badly we're pronouncing that, but I love her character in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, I adore her in that show. So you're so happy to see her in this movie, and now she's yeah. getting honored. And then we don't have to go into all this whole thing, and but I do feel like her, her character's emotional arc is still something I like, kind of am iffy on. Mm. So and that's not really in any, that's um, not really to in speak everything against, everywhere. Yeah, and that's not something to speak against her performance, which I think is excellent. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, it's a pretty comfortable vote and prediction for Carrie Condon. See, for me, for Jamie Lee Curtis, when I first saw her in that tax office in Everything Everywhere, I was like, "Wow, are that you person, with us?" I was like, "That person looks a lot like Jamie Lee Curtis, but that can't be her. They wouldn't give her this bit part." And then she showed up later, you know, with the um, carving on her forehead. And I was like, wait a minute, she's recurring. Shit stapled to her head. Yeah, I was like, I think she that is actually, like, I did not even recognize her. And I was questioning whether or not that was her. And I only believed it when she kept showing up. 
And I, yeah, I was completely amazed. So that, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to stick with my prediction as Angela Bassett. Um, okay. And 17, we are getting up there. Uh, actor in supporting role. This one is the one where I was like, I need Colin here to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> well, let's find out if I think you're wrong. Because <laughs> I struggled so hard with this category and I wished and I washed and I slished and I sloshed. And I, um, this is a name I'm terrified to butcher, but um, Kikwe Kwan. Well, he won the globe. Yeah, I think he's my pick. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I I think my prediction, I, I checked judd hirsch because legacy yeah so one trivia fact i learned today is like has this guy had an oscar this is his second nominee his first was for ordinary people in 1980 which is the longest gap in between nominees yeah and he so didn't win for that did he i don't he did not yeah so see i feel like um they, i almost see i went around and around and this is jumping ahead but i wanted to predict bill nye Bill Nye. But that's supported. We're talking, yeah, we're talking about at lead I mean, I, because they do the legacy wins for acting awards. And I was like, they don't do that for lead actor. They do that for supporting actor. The legacies are more likely to win supporting than lead. So I was like, who's the legacy in the supporting character in the supporting category? Judd Hirsch. Who's the old guy that this might be his only chance for a trophy because he, he might keel over soon. <laughs> and that's like so that's why I predicted him. But that also feels insane because um, Brendan Gleeson was great and Barry Keegan was great and just got the BAFTA. And hello, Kikwe Han is in the Juggernaut movie and his performance was so good. So, so my vote is it's almost like a mirror of my Carrie Condon opinion, which is my vote is for personal vote is for Barry Keegan. Mm. I think he really does a good job. Wars, I'm again him. Wars and soap. Yeah, the fact that, <laughs> the fact that he's kind of mostly playing a comical shithead, but it's also actually kind of the emotional core of it. Yeah. Really good. Um, He's my vote. My prediction... <laughs> uh, maybe I should just because Barry Keegan won the BAFTA, maybe he's the guy. But I just feel like there's some mo behind. The, I think I'm feeling that everything everywhere mo. Yeah, I feel insane for predicting Judd Hirsch. But if there's going to be a well, he's an old guy and he deserves a trophy. I feel like he's the one. I don't feel like Bill Nye's going to be the one. I just feel like it's. It feels like Judd Hirsch is wonderful in that movie. Yeah. But I just feel like that it's not like it's it's a show stopping part of that movie. But it's not like like the only show-stopping yeah. cameo yeah you know in the yeah, movie why not why not david lynch <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know I, uh, i'm not trying to disparage it or anything but it just does feel like they're like like we love this we're giving him a nom but i don't i don't necessarily feel like it's victory yeah yeah um, i felt insane for marking that but so maybe i'll change it okay i maybe think i'm I'll doing i think i'm it. feeling for my prediction i'm feeling that key brian Tyree Henry was also mode. very good, but I don't think Causeway was widely seen. Now, Brendan Gleeson could just be like, hey, guys, yeah. I, I didn't chop off my fingers for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and just and just like with, with his other hand, hold the Oscar. Yeah. That'd be actually a really good bit if he, yeah, like, if he can't hold the Oscar because he's got no fingers. Yeah. 
That'd be a great bit. Um, yeah, and he was really good. Everybody yeah. in that movie was really it's, good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a well-acted film. Yeah, but anyway, we're doing Actress now. Yeah. This one's easy for me. Okay. Uh, this one's very difficult. Oh, uh, vote Michelle Yeoh, prediction Kate Blanchett. Have not seen... I actually think I picked actor next. Oh, because, really? But that's fine. Whatever. whatever. Just because I like feel like I have more of an opinion about Best Actress, but whatever. Oh, we'll, well. we'll just... We're on Best Actress, so... Wait, so we, what was your vote? My vote is Michelle Yeoh. My prediction is Kate Blanchett. Gosh. Well, Kate Blanchett has an Oscar. I know, but... Michelle Yeoh does not. I know, but the, it's so... Every... Kate Blanchett is winning everything. Like, she's won all the other uh, ones. Fairly important to that movie's... uh, Yeah. uh, Fairly important to that movie, her performance. uh... Uh, She's phenomenal in it. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm torn because, at least in terms of my vote, because all... there's Okay, so I I haven't seen the other... I haven't seen Blonde. I haven't seen Two Leslie. I haven't sounds seen like I don't Leslie. need to see Blonde. You do not need to see Blonde. Oh, it sounds like she was good in it, right? Well, she didn't sound... Her voice did not sound like Marilyn Monroe's voice, but she conveyed the excruciatingly miserable emotion that that poor character conveyed through the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was... She deserves some kind of consolation prize for having to do that as her job. Um, and so it's nice well, that she, she got nominated. This, she gets that on her resume. Oscar yeah, nominated. she gets that on her resume now, but she should not win. Um, Partly why I struggle with this one in particular is you have three performances that are that are capital G great, mm-hmm. but very very different from each other. Yeah, it's Michelle Williams. Yeah, the Oscars love mm-hmm. Michelle Williams too, and she was capital G great. It would have been wonderful category fraud if they had just made Michelle Williams a supporting actress. Mm, then mm-hmm. she could have just won that and we could be done. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, technically she's not the lead in mm. The Fablemans, but whatever. There is no female lead in The Fablemans. Yeah, no, but uh, I don't know. They, uh, and it's kind of a bummer that she gets, that Paul Dano didn't get a nom, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, gosh. I just, ugh. I don't know what I, I like. I feel like really when it comes down to it, um, I kind of personally want to vote for Michelle Williams because you love that movie. Because I love that movie, and I think maybe my prediction is Michelle Yeoh that I think they're going to crown her. Yes, I, I feel like finally. I feel like a crown is arriving for her. I would like that to happen very. So that's badly. my prediction. So to actor. Yeah, so I've only seen two of the yep, two of these movies. I agonized and wrung my hands and agonized some more. I've seen all of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that my vote is Austin Butler because okay. it's so difficult to play Elvis and not just be an Elvis impersonator. And he uh, really literally true. Yeah, but he really felt like a person. Mm-hmm. He, I really felt for him. And he humanized Elvis in a way that I didn't think was possible. In this loud, glitzy movie that's all spectacle, somehow I was like, this poor young guy having yeah. such a tough time. Like, that's I, probably why it's a good movie. Yeah, like, yeah, he's to opinion. play a larger than life character like that, that literally everybody has a bad Elvis impression in their back pocket. And he played it oh, so well that I forgot that wasn't him, you know? Like, I was like, wait, is this documentary footage of the real concert or is this Austin Butler? Like, it was it's really hard to tell astonishing. In that last shot, yeah, I'm it's, actually still not clear about the last shot. It's really astonishing. So, yeah. 
I think he's my vote. My prediction uh, is Colin Farrell just because he's the most charming. And the campaigns do matter. And he has, and apparently he's been campaigning really hard and has been winning hearts and influencing people. Um, and But what about Brendan Fraser? Know, the the Brendan elephant Fraser. or rather whale in the room. The whale in the room. Yeah. And he got the standing ovation and he cried and it's welcome back to Hollywood. And it's such a nice story. It's such a nice narrative. That movie's not good though. And that's really, I think, where I'm going to not pick it for prediction because i do think the movie matters it would it maybe does seem like this movie is 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 a beached yeah right this movie's <laughs> reputation is a i mean it way. might be you're one of those people that watches it and it's like that was actually good be nicer but uh but you've uh, seen it i've seen like it, it and i didn't like it it's not got good mo no it does not and then Paul Mescal, that's super cool that he got nominated. That's a really nuanced, strange performance and movie. And mm -hmm. like, he's just a young guy that's going to get nominated again, I think. Um, we like Bill Nye. And we like Bill Nye. Not and, just because he's the science guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It not the science me, guy. It drives me crazy. Like, I want to pronounce it Nye just to differentiate it in yeah. my head. Um, and all the British people were like, what is this confusion about who Bill Nye is? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's the old guy that might not, that might keel over before he gets another he's award. He's not that old, is he? He's pretty old. I mean, I'm, they I, play up how old he is in this. Yeah, because I don't think he's in his 80s or anything. Okay, maybe not. Uh, he's think, on his way to a lifetime achievement. I think he's just kind of like his character actor career has been like over old guy for, yeah, for so a long, long time, but he's not actually that old. I don't yeah. actually know. Uh, so we're too adapted. Wait, wait, I haven't now. picked oh, actually. Haven't I feel picked. like you made me made me feel better about picking Austin Butler, and uh, I will maybe also pick Colin Farrell. McCollin will friend. Yeah, we'll fellow get, Colin. We'll get uh, the the statue. Yeah. Um, what are we up to? Adapted screenplay. This okay. is an easy pick for me. No idea for the prediction. My pick is Women Talking. Mm -hmm. I think it's a masterful screenplay. Yeah. And it is a good screenplay. And people talk like, oh, no, you can't base your screenplay prediction or choice on dialogue. The screenplay is so much more than dialogue. and But it's not just the dialogue that's masterful in that movie. So it's not just because women are talking. It's because how do, it's a tightrope walk of tone in that film and i think it's incredible and it's my my choice but my prediction i don't i have no idea i have not seen glass onion or top gun apparently the guy who adapted the adapted living is some kind of beloved famous person that i'm too ignorant to know of um like, isn't it the like guy who did drive my car or something i don't know i don't know actually he's, he's anyway he's a japanese guy who adapted kurosawa yeah he's a big Bold deal move. yeah um i would say my vote actually is all quiet on the western front okay i really kind of liked i mean i think some of it is it, it kind of got after some of my history nerd dumb because and maybe not everyone gets this, but I was I, I felt like it adapted the the war movie thing in interesting way interesting ways. I felt like it it the it adapted that story in a smart way. Mm. And of course, my history nerd brain went like, "Oh, that's interesting. They're setting this right at the tour, at the armistice." And like, yeah. I kind of knew what that choice meant because I'm a nerd of yeah. that history. 
and like uh so i thought that was well done yeah i feel like women talking i've heard some critiques of it that made me feel better about how i felt about the beginning of that movie which is like it's a little bit like what is how it's it's like the the novel is apparently more elegant about how it handles that first couple scenes mm. and the movie doesn't quite figure it out it just except the way it, it just powers it out, through it powers through it and gets to the main meat of the movie which is great um i think top gun maverick just good nomination shouldn't win but good nomination because it's like hey making an action movie isn't complicated have a really like comprehensive comprehensible plot that you're invested in the mission way early in the movie mm. and then let it pay off like a great you know good script for that reason and i i mean ryan johnson i just haven't watched any of the glass onion the knives out movies sorry yeah yet. uh so wait what's so so my vote i guess but you know what's funny is that okay so my vote i think is all quiet and i think my uh prediction is women talking oh wow i'm maybe the opposite yeah but see with all quiet i read the book yeah. and i was like hoping that this would be a more loyal to the book adaption and i don't really feel like it was it wasn't but i think it, it what it did was really and smart yet and you can't judge an adaptation based on how well it adapted the book that's a totally wrong way to judge an adaptation but it wasn't the movie i wanted especially mm -hmm. in terms of as it, i mean because yeah it was actually something where i had read the source material i would not pick it as a prediction though okay i would not advise okay. that well, we're to original screenplay. Original screenplay. I think it's wrong that The Fablemans gets an original screenplay because it's based on Spielberg's life. Yeah. No, I'm this joking. Is, no, but this is a thing that drives me crazy about this category is that historic, like, actual events get to be counted as original screenplays. And I don't understand why that's allowed. Let me just say, this is, this is a killer category. <laughs> clump of movies. Yes. Um... Banshees of Inisherin, great screenplay. Everything Everywhere All at Once, pretty impressive screenplay. Fablemans, I think maybe the most underappreciated thing about that movie is how great the screenplay is. Tar, that movie is like it's is is you know just a very original, thoughtful work, and it's great screenplay. Triangle of Sadness, I think it's probably my least favorite of these from the writing perspective, even though it's it's a it's a awfully fun script though mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so what's your vote my uh, i'm i don't know my prediction is tar okay um because good prediction yeah i mean I, I don't know if i feel like i even need to explain that it's just it's just a really impressive yeah, script it's i mean it's really just, impressive it's a fairly impressive piece of writing yes i feel like it's hard to if you watch that movie even if you don't love the movie it's hard to deny that's an impressive piece of screenwriting yeah absolutely yeah and i didn't i'm still shaky about how i feel about that movie but i just cannot deny that that screenplay is amazing so that's my prediction i had the fablemans as my vote but I'm kind of stepping off of that a little bit because all the others are also so good. And I might also honestly just want to vote for Triangle of Sadness just because I want it to get something, even though maybe it's the weakest screenplay from the bunch, like you said. If I was a Oscar voter, I might be like, well, but that movie should get something. And then I would vote for it. So this is a very, you know, my joke at the beginning aside, my this is one of the easiest votes for me, mm. which is The Fablemans. Yeah. Partly because I think... You know, that movie's impressive for a lot of reasons. And I think the screenplay is it. Because, I mean, 
this is a story that Spielberg was figuring out maybe how to make a movie of his whole life, mm-hmm. but he couldn't really crack how to do it. Yeah. And like him and Tony Kushner obviously figured out the right angles to approach this story and they did it, I think, perfectly and in such a, you know, the fact that this movie doesn't feel like a series of vignettes is impressive. Yeah. And, like, and it's so beautifully empathetic to all the characters. Yeah, the, the movie's radical empathy is so baked into the cake of that movie. Mm-hmm. And it and the you know and in some ways that cake you know starts with the screenplay. Yeah. And and how they figured out how to actually tell that story is really something. Um. So it's it's a pretty easy vote for me. I don't know if it'll win. It'd be cool if it won, but uh, I I think my prediction also is tar. Yeah. Um, so we're to directing now. Right. Oof. This one. Now, I need to ask you about the directing picture split. Yes, this is this is a real theme of our whole lives of watching the Oscars and what people talk about. Yes. Yes. Because okay. that still kind of confuses me. Is it really true that if you win directing, it's a sign you're not going to win picture? Oh, I have no idea. That's more of an Oscar nerd question. Okay. It's a directing <laughs> picture split. What were you going to say about it? Well, I've, it's always one of those weird puzzles where it's like, if a movie doesn't win, if, if, if the best picture winner doesn't win best director, it's like, what? Huh? How is it a good like n- Like, what, movie? did the best picture winner direct itself? What What is this? You yeah. know, how do you separate the movie from the director of the movie? That's, yeah. Like, how do you actually do that? And that's a good question. Mm-hmm. That's a fundamental question, and it's a little bit like what is directing, actually. Yeah. Like what actually? First of all, what actually is that? Because here we we spent this whole like podcast talking about all these individual categories, all these people who are making these things and choices for the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So in some ways, like okay, what the director's job is is like to is to make the choice. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, the production designers, like, I, we can do it this way. We can do it this way. You know, the cinematographer says, like, I can light, light it this way, which will give this effect. Or I can light it this way. Mm-hmm. Or we can we can shoot it with this lens, you know. And then, you know, makeup, makeup people are basically constantly going to the director, like, which one you like. Yeah. And so it's really, in some ways, dis- directing distilled down is... Is it's not necessarily best directing, it's best choices, mm-hmm. best decisions. Yeah. You know, and that's how you can separate it, even if you wanted, if you like a movie better. But you could, you, even if overall you like a movie better, you can go kind of to like, what is the best, like, what are the best choices? Mm. Like the best clump of choices. Yeah, so how do you separate the two? That's how is I would a film try a to, That's how I would try to separate yeah. it. Is you can go like best picture you can just focus on what movie do you think is best? But with best director, I think you've got to kind of go like what are the best choices yeah. that the movie overall makes? Well, my prediction for this is The Fablemans because I yeah. think it's t- finally time and they're going to wake up and realize, "Oh, Steven Spielberg ha- doesn't actually have that many." And, plus and it the is kind of sad 75. That... Yeah, and, and is... like and the other thing is there's yeah. those uh have you ever read those brutally honest, anonymous Oscar voter articles? Mm, I feel like you sent me one last year and I skimmed it. Yeah. 
one of the, my takeaways is there's a lot of love for Spielberg. Yeah, and, and he didn't a, get the Directors Guild Award, so I think they're all yeah. feeling sad about that, and they need to give him yeah. something. I think there's a lot of love for Spielberg and how, like, you know, because I think last year with West Side Story, there was, like, all these brutally honest voters that were like, you know what, like, no one is campaigning or going to bat for West Side Story, but I thought it was sensational, mm. you know? And I think maybe this movie, people are going to go like, you know what, we're voting for our guy. Yeah. Um, that's my prediction that's my prediction and i'm honestly going to be sad if he doesn't get it but deep in my, the core of my heart the film on this list that i think was actually best choices is banshees of inishirin yeah okay that's my this this the hill i'm going to stand upon is my actual vote is banshees an important skill for a director is to be an extremely good leader Mm-hmm. And that's part, and you can see it in Banshees that a really strong, likable leader was at the helm of this thing. That's the other way you can evaluate a directing, you know, say of just a TV show, mm. is like, it's not just like, you know, a movie's got good directing or a show's got good directing when it, you know, like, okay, so you got your lead characters who all give great performances, like, okay. Mm-hmm easy you got you cast great actors you're done mm-hmm. but like when you really know a movie's well directed is every single like character who has maybe one line is really good yeah that's where you know the director's really doing a great work but again it's a little bit like what i said all, earlier. Of, these, all of these movies are have wonderful yeah directors. but i think yeah in my personal opinion in the core of my heart banshees is my pick for yeah. votes but my prediction is stevie boy and i mean also like tar was amazing and triangle of sadness and obviously everything everywhere has won a lot of directing I mean, awards it does it does feel like you got that everything everywhere mo i mean yeah and they they Daniel's created got that mo they create talk about great leader and great actors like they are a family they are like yeah. a traveling troupe of besties that are just bringing the party everywhere they go they have in jokes that they said i heard an interview with them where they were like we met teaching a summer camp and now we direct all our movies just like camp counselors. And so they've just got that camp counselor energy that is just revolutionizing film right now. And they could snatch it. You need to, li- I actually listened to the Daniel interview on uh, WTF, Mark Marion oh, podcast. Really good. I didn't listen to that yeah, one. I was, I listened to the one on death, sex, and money. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I adore the Fablemans and I adore Stevie Boy. And I, I think adore it's his, his time. I yeah. think that's also my pick. Cause again, like, when I say this movie's so baked into the cake, yes, it's the screenplay I, that I just fought, said for, spoke for, but also the directing of that movie is really special. Mm-hmm. So it's my pick. Yeah. And so, dun, 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 we're to best picture. picture. And so this is the thing where it's like, be, if, Steve, if Stevie Boy, if Steven Spielberg gets director, does that mean that he, Fablemans, will not get best picture because there's oh, some kind no of weird idea. historic split there? there, or does that know. mean I that think, it I ought think... to get best picture because it didn't the direct itself? My impression is that more often there isn't a split. Okay, most of the time the best director and best picture line up, and 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 the exceptions are when that doesn't line because, up. Because you know? yeah, last year it um. Power of the Dog didn't get Best Picture. I think there's been more of a split lately, but I think, like, I bet if we run the stats, it's mostly, like, the Best Picture and Best Director winner lineup. Mm. Well, this is actually a weirdly easy category for me. Yeah. Because this is everything everywhere Big Mo gets it the best. That's my prediction. And my vote, which is entirely subjective, is Women Talking because it's my favorite movie on this list. Yeah. Well, I guess it's easy because... 
The Fablemans, I'm a huge fan it's of. It's your favorite movie it's on the list. my favorite movie of the year. It's by far, yeah, easily. Um, and I'm feeling that big mo for everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. I'm feeling I mean, the big mo. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling that big mo. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, of all the speeches, back to the actor, like, I can't wait to see Colin Farrell give an acceptance speech. And I feel like the Academy is going to think that, too. Oh, yeah. They're going to vote because they want to see him up on that stage. Um, yeah, they do. And um, and uh, I think they also kind of want to see the Everything Everywhere All at Once crew. Yeah. At the, And I think they kind of want to give it to that movie because it's kind of the movie of the year. Yeah. I mean, I think regardless of what wins Best Picture, Everything Everywhere All at Once is kind of the movie of the year. It's, yeah. It's the defining movie of the year. Of 2022, whether um, it wins or not. Yeah, Yeah. whether it wins or not, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, Oh, and random aside, I mean, maybe this isn't where we want to end, but I just want to give a little bit, like, if we're talking best choices, interesting, you know, like, and director being important to the movie, slight snub that James Cameron didn't get a nomination. Yeah. Slight snub. I don't. I don't want to waste too much time on it, but just just pointing that out. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, well, we did it. We did it. We went through the whole list. Well, I guess maybe I did tease it. Hopefully, I'm not too tired to talk about <laughs> what my theory on where cinema is. Where is cinema, where Professor? Where is cinema? I get to test out my half baked theory about where is cinema right now. Um. Well, I think. Uh, Partly why I would bring this up is that I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is a good example of where cinema is right now. In the multiverse? Sort of. (laughs) But, like, I would say, like, now that we're deep in the 21st century, we're getting out of the 20th century filmmaking, and I feel like, what is it doing now? I think it's doing new things now. Or at least it's, like, it's doing something interesting now that's different than, like, say, 90s and 2000s movies we're doing. Okay. And, like, I think there was a certain, like, I think the 90s, everything was kind of ironic and subversive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a definite theme. And the 2000s were very, like, let's make everything gritty and start to deconstruct a little bit. Yeah, and everything's sad and serious and no fun allowed anymore because 9-11 when we're all sad and serious. And then Marvel's (laughs) like... Only fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then the backlash to that. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. But I think where movies are doing now is like, I think how I would describe it is some movies are like subversive, but in a very kind of traditional packaging. Hmm. Or they have very subversive packaging, but are actually kind of like very kind of traditional sort of movie. yeah i've like, noticed there's that. two flavors of those kind of things going on yeah there's there's visually original but thematically classic mm-hmm. and then there's thematically original but kind of visually flat or well not flat but like, like cl- there's a classicalness that like uh there's a classical style that like is is in but within that is contains some sort of subversive filmmaking and then i think Everything Everywhere All at Once is a movie that's got a very subversive packaging, but it's actually just kind of a nice family. Yeah, it's just a nice story about family, yeah. Yeah, it's mostly, it's a fairly traditional, like, well, I don't know. Thematically, Classical sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. feel-good movie. Yeah. And, like, and then I will also give a shout-out to um, a movie that I'm not going to sit in here and say is one of the best, is, is the best movie of the year, but I do feel like, to me, the biggest surprise for me this year was the Northman. 
Oh, and it didn't get a single thing? Not a single award, whatever. But like, I also think that's an interesting example of a movie. For one thing, it's I would say most surprising to me because it's not a movie I expected to um, have that much to chew on after I watched it. Mm. And so, but I think that's a good example of a movie that has very kind of classical tradition or, or traditional sort of filmmaking around it, but has actually kind of got some sort of subversive things to say about society, about, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's doing a new angle on the medieval Viking story and talking about patriarchal themes and, and feminism and how, how it sort of, where, where it came from and, it's it's turning some themes on its head in ways I find interesting. Yeah. Movies are kind of doing either of those two things. Yeah. So interesting. I I see that trend also. Yeah. Where and I think it's I also run into this when I'm talking to other people about what they like and don't like, and they'll try to argue a movie is unoriginal or innovative and it's very easy to see what they're looking for. If they are wanting visually innovative or thematically innovative, and they will say that movie was so original, I've never seen anything like it. And it's because the camera work was really fascinating, but the story was kind of like everything everywhere, just a nice thing. And I think I key on more closely thematically innovative things Mm -hmm. where it's really saying something I've never seen on screen before. And that's, I think why women talking hit me so hard. Was yeah. because it felt like a struggle, an internal dialogue externalized in a way I've never seen a movie do before. Where it's like, this is an argument I have with myself in my head all day, all the time. This is a place where I am stuck, it, like intellectually and emotionally. And here's a movie trying to unpack it in this. And everybody's wearing traditional costumes. And it's all, yeah, it was exactly that thing, kind of like cinematically tr- classic and traditional, but thematically mind-bogglingly original kind of a bummer that not any acting categories went to that movie it's because it was too ensemble this is too much of an ensemble but i do feel like there's a couple standouts yeah oh claire foy she's yeah i thought when i saw the cast list for that movie i was like oh no she's the tv actress of this bunch she's queen elizabeth she's out of her league all these rest of these women are super powerhouses and then she she owned all of them kind of she came in swinging she was she proved she's equal caliber yeah no i thought i'm pretty sure i know yeah yeah i loved her performance yeah a lot yeah so everyone was amazing yeah but it was too ensemble that's why nobody got i guess yeah and also they couldn't have um given the only acting award to the one man in the movie that would have looked so bad well that would not also (laughs) been uh what they would need to do anyway <laughs> um so yeah uh pretty good year for movies i mm-hmm. would say we haven't actually picked what our 2022 film is yeah i mean but we had kind of already said that it should be everything it everywhere probably should be everything everywhere all at once um i think a weirdly um a weirdly perfect summation of this year also is the movie i just watched this morning del toro's pinocchio okay because it weirdly, like, I don't know, my brain felt like it had just broken. Like, my letterbox review was just like, am I going crazy? This is like every movie I've seen for this Oscar series all packaged into one. It's World War One. It's celebrity. It's um, family stuff and dealing with parents. It's dealing with mortality and death. It's seeking community. It's <laughs> It's visually innovative. It's a traditional story. I was like, it's like all of them. 
condensed into one little neutron star of a Del Toro movie. Uh, but that may be just because I've watched too many movies in too short a time span and they're all starting to bleed together. <laughs> but I think it would actually be an interesting 2022 discussion. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's, that's an option. Either way, I actually like the clump of movies that got Oscar nominated. Like I would kind of, I'm kind of into doing this whole Oscar thing every year as well. But I feel like a lot of good movies. I don't think I'm going to be mad. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting gonna be, night, and I'm yeah. going to be happy for the winners. There are very few categories where I'm going to be angry that whoever won won. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm going to say boo very much. Yeah, I'm going to be excited. And I honestly, yeah, I mean, my predictions, I don't know if I on this podcast made all my predictions because I kind of want to be more subjective this year. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to take my my sort of my arrogance down a notch and not pretend like I know what these people are going to do and just have my, you know, my intuition stand by itself. So really, my votes are more important to me than my predictions this year. And I also feel like this is rare for me personally to have a movie that I am rooting for as hard as I'm rooting for the Fablemans. Yeah. It's rare that I feel like a movie where I came out of like loving that movie that much. I mean, it, one thing it's just rare that any movie that I've seen in the theater has affected me as much as that one. Did. Yeah. And that I, and so, and that it's like, it's a potential winner. Mm-hmm. It's got that. It's like, it's my favorite movie. It's a legit potential. It's winner. not Godzilla. It's not Godzilla. <laughs> and it's uh and also like, I think there's, I think it could it could end up be a it could end up being a big winner just because I think there is a groundswell in Hollywood of both the olds and the youngs in Hollywood who are like, you know what? How many more undeniable like you know, cuz it's not like Spielberg's been churning out big time Oscar winners. Yeah. He's mostly kind of been doing his own oddly quirky and thing. A vote for the Fablemans is a vote for Steven himself because it's his life story. Yeah, but it's also a good movie. And it's also a good movie and he's we, a good person. I just come on. I think it's possible the Oscars could give him a big old hug Oscar night. Yeah. I think it's possible. But yeah. we uh we shall see. We better release this episode before the Oscars. Uh, yes, we've got to. Yeah. Alright, well thanks for listening and I hope I hope uh, hope you'll enjoy the Oscars. Yes. March twelfth. March twelfth. Have a good one, y'all. Bye.